by asking you a very, very broad question, and I'll let you introduce yourself. But the broad question being, is it fair to describe Shemeluna, Shemeluna as a success story for October 17, meaning very little drama, a very democratic process, very smooth, and it almost seemed to naturally work. The obstacles were not so severe. So is that, is that being too generous or is that actually an accurate description that this is a list and a coalition and a political exercise that is a success story? I think it's very accurate mm. to describe Shamaluna the way people are describing it. I would say it's one of the uh, mo- most mature uh, political experiences and uh, practices in the country. Mm. I, I hadn't, uh, I, I didn't go through many before. Mm. But what I know for sure is that uh, the groups and the individuals uh, working with Shamaluna uh, are people who think alike. Who yeah. from the beginning, and for me this is for others it's a different uh, strength point. But uh, for me, what is strong for us is that we agreed on solid basis at the beginning. We refused. Yeah the idea of having a coalition or a collaboration political one with traditional political families or uh, parties. So this fact uh, allowed us to go through uh, the challenges. Mm. So that's already, I think, a very big difference than every other list that I can think of. Now, let me ask you, this is a nice way to introduce also, not just Shamaluna, but the political organization, is it called OSAS? Is that right? Usos or Usos? Usos. It's Usos. the grounds for tomorrow. The, yes. Oh, oh, Usos. Sorry, I was trying to... I couldn't pronounce it, but I've seen it everywhere. Yeah. Is it that the region is easier for October 17? That, in other words, you could clearly avoid tripping over family names or even working with established parties because there's maybe a more... I don't know, it's almost like fertile for new ideas or has it got nothing to do with the region this is just by chance that that part of Lebanon worked better than I think every other district I'm, I'm not sure what was the reason mm. uh, at the beginning I would like to say that Usos uh, was uh, it's one of the four groups that forms the coalition so it's the yeah. group mm. that originates from Zgharta right uh, we have a group Al-Fikr Al-Hur in Bshari KIC which is Kura Independent community in Kura yeah. and Mashru'a Badil in Batroun. So, mm, uh, yes. and then the four groups uh, did a coalition uh, and we called it Shamaluna. Right, right. Uh, I think there's many reasons for the success. First of all, we managed to, uh, to group together people who think alike, who are very genuine when it comes to uh, politics, who are ready to spend most of their time, uh, free time, in uh, this passion, uh, which is politics. So uh, that's one uh, part of it. Another idea would be, perhaps, is that uh, we have kind of common uh, history, meaning that we all of us have uh, families and uh, and the same, maybe because we're Christian as well. It I mean, was, it's, it's uh, an embarrassing way to ask, but I think there's something in the, there's something at least in the geography that I think made it smoother. Yes. So would you point in that direction? saying that It's, it's one of uh, the mm. reasons, maybe because if we see the seats in, in our district, yeah. there's seven Maronite and three Orthodox. Right. While in other districts, we, you have more... Uh, more richness, perhaps, mm. Sunni, mm. Shia, etc. Mm. So 
maybe it becomes easier to right. to group them uh, like yeah. that. You know, you're the first guest in a long time, within a few minutes of starting, that is able to actually describe that kind of process. Because I think there's almost an embarrassing element sometimes. People don't feel comfortable specifying these things. I didn't feel comfortable comfortable yeah, saying it, right. but I think it's it's part of it. It is. I think it is. And I think there's a there's something easier when you're addressing it because that is simply how the electoral system works. There's no sort of uh, avoiding it. But I will note it's Charlie Kura, Zgarta and Batroun. Yes. Okay. These four little geographies have well-established parties and families. I mean the names are obvious. And it's funny because if you go all the way to the top in Pshari, you imagine the appeal to Samir Jaja is real. Go all the way down from Pshari to Batroun, and it's Jabran Vesir is still, in a way, the shining star. Maybe not to everyone. And I don't think everyone in Pshari loves Samir Jaja. Go in the middle. Kura, Zgarta. I mean, it's, you know, Franji's name is real. Yeah. And Mawad's name is real. These are all legacies and family names that are so established. So maybe we can start. And, and I should also say something. Even the newer names tend to be from older families. And the young, one of the younger candidates, Majd Harib, the son of Butras Harib, is running as well, not in Shamaluna. So it's, it's almost like dynasties. And then there's this alternative. Why do you think this kind of alternative has a chance in one of the most, perhaps one of the toughest political uh, political challenges, I think, for October 17. Why do you think that this group or this coalition can actually make it into parliament when there's such a big wall to climb? Yes, it is a big wall, mm. but it's it's for an obvious reason, because before and after the October 17, what we saw in Lebanon that there's a, a large uh, group in the Lebanese population, especially the youth, who do not uh, abide to uh, what to our parents went through. Mm. And we yeah. can find it in our uh, district, in Absharri, uh, Zgharta, Kura, and Batroun. Mm. And here I would say, not only we have uh, these families, strong families, but also we have a, a very hard relationship or a challenging relationship, historic relationship between these Kaza, especially mm. between Absharri and Zgharta, yes. with Kura, uh, due to the uh, murders that took place, etc. Yeah. But I think the new generation is ready to let go. Uh, we don't, the youth do not belong to uh, first to a family. What we are trying mm. to say that we belong to Lebanon at, uh, at first, we want yeah. a state of law, and then we can discuss anything uh, that comes after. And that is why Shamaluna was able to attract people who are leaving Marada, who are yeah. leaving uh, Lebanese forces and other groups. So our uh, what we were able to do is to group, uh, group all of these people. And we yeah. can notice today that we are being attacked a lot for being, we are accused of being leftist. Because uh, many of our members, uh, their parents used to be with the left, communist, yeah. etc. It's, it's an old uh, accusation that does not work uh, these days. Mm. And still they are using it because they cannot understand what Shamaruna is. Well, I'm going to, with your permission, uh, try to push back with my limited knowledge of everything you're going through. And this is as, as, as a neutral observer, 
And with a list that resonates with someone like me, meaning that it's, it's new, it's dynamic, I think the goals are really to improve the state. There's no ad- advantage, I think. I think, if anything, a lot of these candidates are probably taking a step back in their careers or their professions by pursuing this. So this is real determination. But I'm going to try. Uh, Lebanese forces, if I had to put money down, the number of seats are going to go up. Free patriotic movement, if I had to bet, not that much money. Uh, that their numbers will go down, but not that much. And maybe 10-15%, but not more. Kateb seems to be growing in popularity. And Kateb is probably the most divisive issue, and we, we can maybe touch on that a little later. But there are three established parties in that area that are either growing or if they're shrinking somewhat, like the Free Patriotic Movement, it's hard for me to imagine those voters voting for Shemeluna. And the reason I say that is because I doubt they're leaving that party right now to join an opposition movement against that party. This is an instinctual feeling. I don't know if there's any, like, I don't think there's any scientific data to back this. But this is, I think, an, an assumption, and I think there's something to it. Does any of what I just said resonate with you? I would say that definitely, uh, I don't think Kata'ab have grown mm. in, in number, okay. especially in our region. Oh. Then I would say that we know that the Lebanese forces might have increased, mm. but also not that much, and mm. numbers will show, but they might have. Mm. As for the Free Patriotic Movement, we're guessing that they will get one uh, one deputy, which means that they did uh, decrease. The and, obvious uh, name, I'm guessing. Yes. Right, Gibran Bessier. Yes, okay. most probably. Yeah. And uh, we do we did attract people from the patriotic Free Patriotic Movement. What we notice is, mm. just to share uh, this with you, when someone from uh, uh, 14 March background comes to uh, Shamaluna, uh, they would ask us about our position regarding Hezbollah, yeah. uh, the weapon. Yeah. And when it's someone from the uh, March 8, uh, whether Marada or mm. uh, Free, uh, Free Patriotic, movement comes they will also ask us about this issue because what they try to say is that it's not the only issue you cannot only focus on it so we do we yeah. are attracting people uh, to because it's not our only issue it is very major for us mm. uh, we won't compromise on it but also we are seeing the corruption the issue with the banks so we are able to attract uh, all the different segments of the Lebanese society because we are not here to attack anyone. Mm. We are really trying to offer an alternative in our region, an alternative that is constructive. We have an, a constructive approach, not one that aims to attack other groups and uh, yeah. other parties. And here is the difference in uh, Shamaluna's approach. Well, we're going to get into Shamaluna. We'll get into your own political pursuit. I want to save that for a little later because we've talked about Kateeb already in a, in, a, in a way. It's the, these two subjects, Kateeb and Hezbollah, I think have dominated the discourse for too long. And I think this is natural because of elections and there, isn't, there is a real uh, problem, I think, with the way Hezbollah operates. And I, I don't think Shamaluna is afraid to say that. 
actually they've been probably one of the more vocal coalitions to address it head on. We are. And also acknowledging the long list of other problems. So I appreciate that. But let's let's go to Kateb. Okay. Um, I mean, you look at the lists and it, it just, it does stand out a bit that in, Shema, in, in the districts described, the chances would have been probably, maybe not, maybe not higher, but that there, there would have been a guaranteed victory, let's say, had there been some unification. And I'm getting from you that that was off the table from the beginning. Yeah. So could you share as much as you'd like over the determination not to work with both Kateb or the so-called independents that are working with Kateb? Mm. And this obviously includes Majd Harib, uh, Mishar Ma'awad, um, the name escapes me now, the third one. I, I, uh, Majd Harib, Mishal. Uh, to, uh, William To. Is it William To? And Pshari. Yeah, thank you. The number three. I always, yeah. So there's these, Shabana said no. Just what that discussion was like, and was there any hesitation to say no? Or was it really just, no, if you don't agree with this, you're not in Shabana? It's not... Uh it's not black, that black or white inside mm. Shanaluna. We can have discussions. But I will share two, uh, two uh, examples or mm. two arguments why it would have been uh, challenging, yeah. not only for in our region, but I guess for all over Lebanon. The first one is I'm going to share the result of, uh, of a study survey that we did yeah. amongst... Uh, in the four casas. So we asked a few questions. Among these questions, we tried to uh, see who is Shamaluna's main supporters. Mm. Among yeah. Shamaluna's main supporters, what we noticed is that 85% would have not voted for Shamaluna if we were in a coalition with any of the names that, that you mentioned. I see. So I will 85. start... 85%. 85 of those who support Shamalu. Right, yes. Mm. Well, that's a, that's a very so big So what I'm trying to say is that the public opinion, which we are part of, mm. does not want that. And I will share a personal uh, experience why I wouldn't accept it and mm. why perhaps the public opinion, the memory, the Lebanese memory in my region would not allow it. For instance, uh, when I was raised and because you know when we are raised in a society etc in Zkharta we used to dislike uh, Kataib for reasons what happened in the past etc regardless what's true what's not it's I'm, my I'm going to interrupt you because I have memories of my family from Tripoli telling me stories about Zkharta's problems with Kataib yes <laughs> so definitely third person <laughs> problems but sorry yeah, please yeah. keep going so what I'm trying it's a point that I'm happy uh, to be sharing because mm. we don't have usually this venue to share yeah, yeah. so in our uh, in our uh, collective memory we mm. have this issue and on the other end for for us people in Zgharta there are these traditional families and wh- when we say we want to go out from them that's why it makes it makes it more difficult for us to yeah. collaborate with them because you're dealing with the unconscious of people and you know mm-hmm. that the Lebanese did not deal with their past yeah. we're, we're, we're not sure about what's right and what's wrong in our past so that's why I would say we cannot hold this baggage and put our hands uh, with Kataeb uh, and lose all of the public opinion because there's issues that we cannot 
That's interesting. So it's a direct cause of civil war memory. I, I, it's not. for me. It's yeah, my yeah. personal. I right. gave you at first the numbers we got. Yes. So it's it's scientific. Mm. Then the reason why I have I prefer to have new parties on right. a personal level because there's so much drama and so many uh, killings and blood and how and our history. Now this actually. With your permission, since you're opening up two doors here, one which is personal, one that resonates with me because I know what you're talking about, albeit not from Zgarta, from just below, knowing. Uh, the other door is really the thing that divided October 17. So I'm going to try to carefully walk through two doors at once, which is physically not possible. Is there any way for that kind of party to be acceptable at some point? meaning 32 years after the civil war ended, two and a half years after October 17, and all the attempts that they have made, and I'm not defending them, more just, is there a path for a party to actually be on the same page? Or is it a blanket policy that, no, there's a cutoff, October 17 is the cutoff, and we have to start over. So I'm, I'm trying to see if, if any party could be perhaps one day acceptable to the expectations you've set personally and, and something like Shemelna. I think with, with time, things might, might change. Mm. But for now, yani, a Kataye party, five years ago or six years ago, they were part of the government. Mm. Yeah. So it's not as if uh, a Kataye party is like the Kitli Watani, who left, right. uh, left it for many years more. Yeah. So uh, they were not even perhaps a part of it. No, so, they're uh, actually not even part of the civil war. Yes. They exited completely. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, uh, I think people need time and mm. need to see and to be sure about the changes. Yeah. And it, you need to feel uh, safe. And when it comes to what what we link Kata'ib to, I think it requires some kind of a, a national uh, mm. recovery, national, I don't know why, mm. that reaches every Lebanese. Because I think the Lebanese do not know that the Kata'ib and the Palestinian uh, sent apologies one to the other. It was, I guess, like more than 10 years ago, yeah, Amin yeah. Ismail. Yes. So the Lebanese do, do not know it. Sometimes some uh, some reconciliation and peace is taking place without the Lebanese knowing it. So we need something that can reach the Lebanese and heal some of the uh, trauma uh, so that we have. More, it's more time from October 17, not from the civil war ending. Is the time frame more... October 17 is the starting point? No, but no, I'm not a person who's very attached to October 17. Mm-hmm. October 17 is a culmination of, of a public uh, awareness, yeah. a public opinion, etc. It's not at all about October 17. It's but, about yeah. the practices. But the uh, reason I am, I'm interrupting you, I know I shouldn't do that, but I'll... I'll, I'll it's okay. You're friendly enough for me to interrupt. <laughs> you can slap me after. <laughs> Uh, that the poster behind you is from April 14, 1975. And I like that you mentioned Amin Ismail and the Palestinian. I think, I don't remember who the apology was addressed to. But anyway, it's Arafat with Ismail fighting each other, 1975. So that's almost 50 years ago. I, I don't know if, uh, I mean, what, what would the time frame look like for you? And is reconciliation on a national level required beforehand? So in other words, that they've already exchanged apologies the way you, you described, and it's not a nationally known subject, but you know about it. 
what could be done for you to sort of make that bridge and, and cross? Because I, for me, it's, I'll use the word odd. It's odd that in 2022, we're still talking about everything that went wrong in the Civil War, even when there are some parties or even some individuals that are really making that effort to appeal and they, they don't get there. It's almost like a, it's a 50% victory rather than 100%. So I, I'm curious, what does it look like for you to be able to see that happening? Mm. We need, as I said, we need trust also. It's not on, only about the tra- trauma and the, mm. for example, still the Jmail are the people leading in Kataib. So mm. as, as youth, as young people who want to practice politics, when, when we look from the outside at this party, I don't see a party that uh, is welcoming because I don't see uh, accountability. I don't see that the power is moving from people uh, due to uh, charisma or power, political power. Mm. It's still within the family. So at first, I don't see this party as a party that uh, is appealing to youth. So before talking about mm. can we do a reconciliation with this party, mm. it's it's one of the reasons. Then, as mm. we said, Kata'ib, Yani have was in the government a few years ago. So yeah. also we need to, to check. And for me, since I consider myself still as a public opinion, yes. uh, I still can't uh, trust the change that people are talking about. I, I appreciate that you're saying this very straightforwardly. You know, the only other guest I've heard say it in such a clear way was uh, Meher Abu Sha'ra from Lihaki. And it was after he resigned, or it was, I think it was the day he officially resigned, he sat right there and he eloquently explained his reasons for not willing to marry these two ideas together. And I think, uh, I think there's a fair point made that you're looking for a fresh start. So I, I, I respect anyone trying to push against gravity in this country, and I think there's real gravity. Even when, which is interesting, most Kata'ib members I meet today are young. Mm-hmm. And I did an episode with Nadim Ismail recently. Last Sunday it came out. A few months ago with Sami Ismail. They're both younger than me. Or I think Sami maybe is my age. Nadim is younger. So I feel now like I'm the older one in the room when they're, the <laughs> they're not young anymore. But it's, I sense that that party is trying to take the... I think they're reforming. But they're not appealing to everybody. Mm. But I think internally, it seems like this is a party that is maybe maybe sometimes struggling, but they're finding a way that seems to have attracted at least half of the October 17 crowd. And the other half have every right not to. So I'm going to get into Shemalona and get into your own pursuits. I know just from our brief communication that you are fluent in law. You're now pursuing a path, which is political and it's taking you to parliament. Uh, Ziad Abishakir is infatuated with waste management. He calls himself Zabir. I, I mean, I like that. And he's, uh, he actually got me that little gift a few days ago. And I know that's not for voting reasons because I can't vote in <laughs> Beirut one. <laughs> but he's really good at recycling. This is glass work that it's all been recycled and all the woodwork, everything. He's an, uh, I mean, he's a very talented individual who goes around 
fixing potholes across the city. And he wants to go into parliament. And I just can't imagine, it's still hard for me to see, that passion performing well in parliament. So I'll ask you a similar question. Your most, your, your, your skill set is the least applied. Why would you make any impact in parliament, knowing how bad things are, knowing how other people have tried? Even the pre-October 17 crowd, those few individuals that did try, why are you so adamant in taking this road? Mm. I would answer with uh, public interest. Mm. I'm a person who's very much uh, attracted and uh, I believe in public uh, interest mm. uh, compared to private ones. And yeah. this, I guess, was the story of my career, yes. at least, where I have always chosen to be serving common interests, mm. shared ones, and not uh, private ones, whether as a lawyer, where I, uh, I prefer to be a legal consultant working on public policies uh, rather than being a lawyer serving uh, clients and companies. Mm. And that's why uh, my experience includes NGOs, UN, uh, etc. Uh, because I'm a person who want to leave an impact, mm. a good impact in society. Uh, I, I find that the new generation uh, is living circumstances that uh, we did not go through. And we owe them, because we went through better days, we owe them to uh, make it better for them. Mm. And I'm, I was ready, and that's why today I am a candidate. I was ready to uh, do whatever it takes to uh, keep on this journey. And it was Usos, my group, who nominated me with big numbers to be their candidate in uh, the elections, among uh, other ones. Mm. And uh, at first, I didn't want it. I was an activist uh, yeah. with Usos and Shamaluna. I was leading the external relations with Shamaluna when we initiated it. And I was happy with my job. I have a nice job. I was giving hours per day for Shamaluna and Usos. And it was enough for me. I was already serving. But I saw that as a lawyer yeah. and as an expert uh, in uh, policy, public policies, mm. I would send, I would be able to send this image to people that we are really the change because we see the parliament as it, it is supposed to be. It is supposed to be served by people who are interest by, uh, interested by the common good of people and who know about the law. They don't need to be uh, legal experts or lawyers only. Mm. But I'm also a person who is aware of the uh, political spectrum in Lebanon. So, I, yeah, and in addition, uh, we have a very strong group of hundreds of people. And so I don't see, if I, I win this election, that it's only Shaden who's going to the parliament. I see that it's yeah. the group having this access to the parliament and bringing it back to our uh, villages and to our casa, the thing that we never witnessed in the history of Lebanon. That's a very... That's a fair answer, that's an eloquent answer. I'm going to try to better understand by pushing a bit. This is my delicate way of trying to hone in on something. And we're going to get into exactly what Shamelana really is addressing right now. And in particular, the region that you best represent. I, I'm curious, I'm more and more curious about what Sgarta means to you in a political way. But we'll leave that a little uh, later. Uh, somebody that we talked about already, Nadim Shmeir. 
You mentioned it already. Kateb, not now. So let's assume that he's not appealing to you. Okay. Nadim Jmail is a trained lawyer. And I think he's a successful lawyer, from what I understand, in Qatar. So again, they go abroad, they shine abroad, and they can't at home. So he's a lawyer, a successful lawyer, part of a, a very old, one of the oldest political parties in this country, the son of one of the most famous Lebanese individuals in modern history, whether you like him or not. Uh, that kind of person enters parliament and gets almost nothing done. And we talked about it. Even the small gestures, and this is, maybe it sounds silly, but I think it's, it's meaningful. He pursued an anti-smoking campaign through parliament, trying to legislate anti-smoking restrictions. I was too optimistic. I suggested it lasted a few months. He said, no, 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 it was a few days. I'm like, okay. He cannot do that much. And I'm going to assume he has an easier road than you do. I know you're not in this, obviously you're not the same person, you're not the same district. And maybe you're not even the same politician at heart. But I mean in terms of taking a skill and then applying it in parliament, he could not. And he's still running, which to me is baffling. So are you, are you trying to apply pressure from within? Is it more, is it symbolic as opposed to practical? Because I, I don't, I'm still trying to figure out what an MP can do today in a system that doesn't allow good people to do their job. It's a battle. It's one battle mm. that we can, uh, we can do. Because after October 17, uh, at a certain moment, the streets were not helpful anymore for us. Yeah. So what's next? We started to uh, do a structure for a political party or coalition in North Lebanon. Mm, mm. And it was just for electoral reasons. We're not like we adore the North and uh, we see it uh, as our country or something. So I would answer your question by saying, in addition to our work, there's similar coalitions in all over Lebanon. Yeah. And what we're hoping for is to have a block inside the parliament mm. of the different uh, deputies uh, from these groups. And we're hoping to have more than 10. It's one side of the answer. So we're ha we're, uh, what our aim is to have more than 10. And it's still a power when naming the, uh, the uh, president of the republic, the prime right. minister, yes. etc. Yeah. And we can have an access to the constitutional court when we want to... Uh, Vote, uh, when there's law adopted, we can go to the constitutional court with this number of uh, mm. deputies. In addition mm. to that, uh, because we know that we might uh, we might be facing uh, challenges on the national level, yeah. there's also the local meaning of the battle we're going through. Because our casas are marked by traditional parties and yeah. families that are uh, that used to use violence or uh, services with uh, the people. So having a number of votes and being able to have dep one deputy or two deputies in these casas have a symbolic uh, meaning for all of the residents uh, of, this, uh, of this region. So in addition mm. to the way we see the work in the parliament with more than 10 deputy and the changes we can bring, because what's changing in Lebanon is also the public opinion. The public opinion now is more aware 
mm-hmm. of what's happening we are able to ask them like for example we don't vote in Lebanon for a deputy if he's good or, or if he will do the work of a deputy in the parliament it's never on this basis that we do it that's a fair point you're right that's actually that's now some people yeah. are asking this question yeah so already the uh, public uh, awareness is changing and that's one of the wins that we are doing you know i, I actually that's a that's a very easy to understand reason um but I, I only try to learn at what that limited power looks like so i appreciate you're saying something you set the bar higher than 10 which is that's an optimistic figure but there there you have this sort of limited pressure valve against what you're challenging i'm going to try to take things a bit back in time but not too far back so i know you mentioned it already october 17 is not the only marker for you but from two and a half years ago until today does it surprise you that there's only 10 or maybe a little more than 10 is that something that in a way you were anticipating or is this a sort of diluted number because i for me 10 is small it does not represent victory so and i know it's not obviously it's like it's odd for me to ask one person running about this but it's more when you set when you joined and you pushed your when you changed your life to serve in parliament were you anticipating a much bigger number i i i didn't have a number in my mm. I, I don't have a number. Mm-hmm. I see that uh, also the, the opposition and the people working, coming from the civil society to practice uh, yeah. politics, including myself, uh, many of them still lack experience, political yeah. maturity. We, we didn't have the chance to have uh, political experience and political parties, democratic ones. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say it's, uh, I'm shocked by it, yeah. honestly. Um, sometimes when I, uh, I'm in some meetings in, uh, in my region, what saddens me is that still people are being served uh, with some services and they decide to vote uh, based on these services. Mm. But at the same time, we didn't build something that is very strong on the national level for people to leave their uh, instinct uh, yeah. attachment to, to, uh, to follow us. So I believe to be very objective is that it needs time. A change requires time. It's not just the October 17 revolution that will give us the majority of the votes. There's work that we need to do as well. Yeah. And we still need uh, the people to change. And to be honest, and to be fair, in some region, it's very hard to have this battle like the South. And I believe what happened uh, like one week, I yeah. guess, or a few days ago would, uh, would constitute an obstacle for people to go and vote in the South. So yes. we're not in a perfect electoral system. We're not in a perfect country. And I would say I, we, we would be really happy with having 10 to 20 de- deputies in the parliament. I'll make it a little more local before we get into the politics, but before we get into the really what you're, what you're trying to deliver. But let's focus in on Zgherta. You're, I mean, those two names that we already mentioned, which are Civil War era, but not only, they're pre-war too. And some are post-war. I mean, Michel Ma'awad, the son of Rene Ma'awad, the son of Neila Ma'awad, uh, Tony Frangi, the son of Sleiman Frangi, 
and the grandson of Samia Frenchy, is that right? I'm trying to think back. Mm, no, uh, it's t- not like that. Sorry, sorry, Tony. Of Tony. Uh, of Tony, yeah. And there's the President Sleiman also. There's the President Sleiman who's, right, exactly, yeah. So you have a Tony Frenchy who's really like, I mean, <laughs> it's almost, you know, if Lebanon was a hospital, they delivered, you know, the next uh, leader. <laughs> you have names that are, they, they just go hand in hand with the district that you represent. Are their numbers really going down at the end of the day right now? Do you, do you feel it when you talk to any constituents that the appeal to some families has really gone down where you see a space that is opening up? Because I think if there's anyone to ask this kind of question, it's someone who's representing Zgharta. Yes. And how is it best expressed? Is it that they're not doing their job? Or do they really just want to put it all aside the way, the way you want? No, not the way I want it. Mm. Uh, it's not the same. I have more uh, different reasons for why I want to do it. But yeah. for the people in general uh, in our casa, they are, are not happy with the way uh, things have been going for the past years. Mm. And I would say that especially uh, Marada has yeah. lost votes more than other uh, parties in our casa specifically, mm. especially amongst the youth. Because today the youth have nothing. They have yeah. lost everything and they are leaving to other countries with zero uh, money. They have even not good work or job opportunities. So uh, we, they have this issue. Uh, th- what they did on the political level, uh, locally and on the national level, uh, level, I think people are not happy uh, with what happened. And, and somehow uh, they crossed what people, their people wanted. So they mm. crossed the limit. And, yeah. Uh, what, what the people wanted in terms of what they wanted at home in Zgarta, or is it what they wanted, meaning what they wanted for, for Lebanon? For Lebanon. For Lebanon. What, could you explain what that means? I believe uh, that uh, that the people are not uh, at ease with what the the decisions of Marada leadership mm. was with regards of Hezbollah. Oh, Today's so disappointment. One with... of the disappointments. Okay, Others yeah. would uh, concern things concerning environment, meaning the garbage issue. Yes, yeah. The garbage issue is... Uh, we have a big issue yeah. in our region. And the way it was dealt with, it, yeah. it was dealt with like we're throwing it next to rivers mm-hmm. and obliging the people who live uh, in these areas to accept uh, having yeah. it. Yeah. So... Yani, that's the main reason. The The issue of Hezbollah, in some cases, I think it, it was a, a break a dealer for some of them, not all of them, because... Uh, you know, you're the first person to suggest this, that there's a disappointment from within Marada. Not all of them, but not, some yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, all yeah. of them. Yeah. Some people would defend mm-hmm. the issue of Hezbollah, but mm-hmm. others, I think people, when you have thousands of uh, your population working in the Gulf countries. You cannot take such a radical uh, role with Hezbollah. It's not politically smart. And that's why sometimes we ask Lebanon to have this policy of uh, Hayed. Yes, uh, neutrality. Neutrality, etc. So uh, I think it's one of the reasons. 
I'm sure that many of the people who are who are with Marada would say that I know many of them and I had discussion they are with Hezbollah mm. uh, but I know many of those who left who are very disappointed especially after what happened between uh, Sayyid Hassan Nasrallah who called Gibran Basile and uh, Suleiman Frangi. You're offering me to ask questions that I would never ask you but and I was a bit embarrassed to go down this road with you because I, I know that it's not fair to, but, but you're opening the door, so I'm going to go with you. Let's put ourselves in that room, that meeting that is pretty obvious in terms of elections and maybe even Babda. Uh, and then Shamaluna, which is trying to circumvent that. I can see the worst case scenario where these two parties do not interfere with each other and the alternative sinks. And not just the alternative, I think perhaps Kata'ib and if anyone, Majd Harib, will not make it. So it's not just the alternative in that situation. Is that too negative of a situation or is that... What do you mean by not interfering? Well, um, they don't... They don't necessarily have to work together, but they don't have to work against each other. And maybe a sort of a quid pro quo that Frenji gets Babda. I mean, a situation where the voter that you want to vote for you is not able to express themselves to the point that you win. It's more that it's just everything is stacked against you. Mm. For now, we didn't see this, uh, yeah. this impact you mentioned. And I don't think it's happened, mm. but it's always, it's in the background. It's this conversation of these two players need to get along for Hezbollah to function the way it functions. But I, I believe the two players you're mentioning, they have a lot of troubles getting their own deputies. Mm. So it's not like we're talking about two sides who are uh, who have enough votes to make those deals. Mm. I think each one of them is struggling to have mm. uh, one deputy on one hand and the other uh, list may be reaching this third. So perhaps their second candidate in Zgharta would win. Otherwise, they would lose it. So yeah. that's one thing. Yeah. And the other thing for me, I'm not a, an idealist. I'm more practical. But yeah. also, we're trying to create something new. Losing some votes it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Of course, we're aiming to have one or two deputies as Shamaluna yeah. to join the coalition on the national level. Yes. However, we're sending a message and for really we already won. If you can see how we are being attacked by parties and families, you can see that we kind of break what has been happening for the 30 or 40 or 50 uh, years. Because mm -hmm. we have people from... Uh, different families. We're not. Uh, uh, يعني, we're a modern. Uh, we're offering a modern model for people for youth to join us. And even the older generation are happy and proud with what we are doing. Uh, although, يعني, it's it's in, in my visits when yeah. when we go down the street to to visit stores, mm -hmm. and because not everyone knows us, so we want to introduce our, ourselves. Mm -hmm. I heard it so many times that. I'm not with you, so it's the older generation, 
we're not with you. Our hearts are with you, but we will vote, uh, vote elsewhere, yeah. either because of services or because we, be, we still believe in this person, but go speak to our children. They're mostly with you. So mm. things are changing. And within families, you feel that the parents, yes. they tell you, we support you, we will not vote for you. Uh, the kids may vote for yes, you. Yes, yes. Even, even uh, Suleiman Franji said it himself uh, publicly. Oh, I don't, yeah, I, this, he I said, this. Yeah. Uh, He said... Uh, Tony will vote for you? No. <laughs> he will vote for himself. He said that we are not Tony able to... Tony will vote for me. <laughs> but the next generation will vote for you. It's only Suleiman who did not do it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he said that they're not able to uh, talk to the youth generation. Oh, oh So course, they're asking yes, them yeah. to, op- to be more open to talk to them. As right. Let's go into Sgarta. You know, the politics of Sgarta, aside from, which is quite entertaining online, I think it's today, the last few hours, uh, somebody who's running with you, Michel Dwehi, uh, maybe it was last night, but it, it took off today. He sort of poked a bit. So Michel Mawa, Tony Frangi, I want to debate. Michel Mawa replied, saying, I'm ready. I don't know if Tony Frangi replied yet. I don't think he, he has. Did not. He did not reply. So you have this technological sort of advantage, meaning social media, you would think Shemelona is the biggest party in Lebanon sometimes. Of course, that's social media. On the ground, in Skarta, you just you said it casually, but I think it's important. They don't know you. You introduce yourself. As candidates. They don't know you as candidates, right? They probably know you as from the place itself. I'm sure mm. Lebanon's too small. Yeah, they know my dad. Or my mom. Oh, exactly. And if they don't know your dad or mom, they know your cousin or they know your uncle, whatever. You can't really be anonymous in this country. And I think that's a disadvantage to independence. You can't really be fully, fully independent the way we imagine it. But you're going from store to store or whatever, home to home. And you're, you have an audience that's listening. When you discuss policy, is it a fruitful discussion? Meaning that, is there really an attention for what you've done research on? Because I ask this in a way to MIMFID members. They have so much paperwork. They have so many proposals and research papers. I mean, Shabin Nahas wrote a book. I don't know if there's really this appetite to be patient and try to learn all the heavy, heavy work that's been done. I think there's more of a crisis, get us out of it. And maybe you can just share a bit about what it's like, the frustrations you have as somebody running. Do you feel that there's a built-in disadvantage, that the economic crisis is so severe that maybe not many people want to hear everything? Mm. They want short-term answers. We're not telling them much. When we go down the streets to talk to them, of course, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm yeah. a candidate with Shamaluna. Do you know about Shamaluna? Then it's not about telling them what our program is. Okay. It's about how do you see the next elections? So what's really interesting, perhaps we visited hundreds of stores. I think it wasn't more than five people who were not interested to talk to us. Oh, really? Out of the, the whole uh, number. So the idea is... T- when we see someone who doesn't want to vote mm. or who's, who, who's, who's really uh, not sure about it, 
these are our favorite uh, clients or people because usually <laughs> you're sick uh, like a lawyer now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you build so, them by the hour? <laughs> no, it's it's <laughs> uh, it's the people we consider that right. they would vote for us. Mm. So we we share with them, you know, we listen to them and mm. we we tell them about Shamaluna, uh, the, the number of members and how old we go back, whether one year or the municipal elections. We had some members who worked on it, etc. What's really interesting is when we see people who are already with a party, uh, whether Frangie or Mawad, because we can have a nice discussion. Because we have a short uh, time, like we, we're like almost one month away from the election yeah. day, we cannot spend much time discussing with them. But usually the less time we spent like half an hour in each store because people turned out to be uh, voting for someone else. But because we started a discussion with them, why? How do you see it? And mm. for, you know, for me, it's interesting and people are very open to, to discussing. It's, it's not only they have their ideas and they're blocked. So it would be really nice if we can talk to people and not sending them our research papers because no one is interested in our research papers somehow. Yeah. Uh, we have, I mean, the reason I've, I framed it this way is I tried actually learning. And there is, there is material. It's not just shallow. It, there's depth. But so you're sensing that it's more just, uh, it's real grassroots politics yeah. you're just getting your name out mm. that's interesting yes someone yeah. told me at, at, uh, a few months ago politics is local mm-hmm. and indeed uh, no it turned out to be very local because mm. you need to sit with people and uh, everyone's telling us one week before 24 hours before election day everything will change because the parties have experience and they will go down and uh, spend money uh, put pressure etc but uh, we're enjoying the experience. I think people want to be listened, someone mm. to listen mm. to them and to discuss their ideas. They don't want someone to impose an idea. Yeah. So that's the difference, I guess, between having an idea and being so full and sure about it and imposing it on people and seeing them maybe stupid for not accepting it, while everyone want to just discuss so they can move to the next idea and so they don't stay stuck to the idea before. So that's something we're touching on the ground. From my limited understanding, the hard work is being done and it's, it is effective. But you mentioned that, yes, the political parties that are known, that are very popular, even when they're at a disadvantage. You're absolutely right. This is what they do for a living. How do you circumvent that? I mean, you, you, it's less than a month away. Um, everything you have said, and I don't vote in Zgarta, but it resonates with me. Uh, I think a lot of what I've heard on this podcast in the last few months deeply resonates with me. And I also know that, maybe, maybe we can talk about this a bit, that the chances for even reaching 10 are not that big. I think everything has to line up so well for this moment for it to reach 10, and you're being extra optimistic, more than 10. I see other factors, and this is equally unpleasant, but it's important, because we started by even mentioning what, (laughs) you mentioned the Christian factor, so let's touch on this. 
I can maybe offer two analogies. You have one political figure who's extremely unpopular on a national level, like Gibran Bessir. And perhaps he lost some appeal in Betsrun. Perhaps. He's still winning. This man, who was ridiculed on the streets, the chance against him, the sanctions applied on him, he may even make it to Baabda one day. So that, that's the most disadvantaged politician in Lebanon. He's going to win. How do you survive this in the next few weeks? Is there any, I mean, is there a last minute strategy to try to amplify the cause? Or is it really just you keep doing the grassroots work, the local work, and you hope for the best? I think, first of all, it's not only the local work that Shamalun is working on. Mm. So there's also uh, an effort on the national level to have like an agreement, uh, mm. at least mm. principles agreement between the different coalition and as many as uh, possible districts in Lebanon to have these coalitions who would be close to having this unity that the Lebanese people were looking for. So this is one thing that could be helpful when we're going towards the elections. The fact that Gibran Basile or others have still uh, supporters who would give them a seat, yeah. it's out of our hand. What we're trying to, to, to do is to uh, inject a new approach, mm. new people, new uh, way of doing things through Shamaluna. Uh, even Michel Mawad, I think Michel Mawad, he did not lose uh, as many voters as Marada or as yeah, because of his political stan mm -hmm. stances. So for me on a personal level, it's not the end of the world if, uh, or it's, I don't see it a, a problem if Michel yeah. Mawad wins or because as Shamaluna, we were not expecting to have 10 deputies winning. So right. we know yeah. that the others are going to win. The issue, uh, for example, if we take Gibran Basile, he will be most probably the only one who's going to win uh, on his list. So oh, you think so? Most probably. Oh, really? Okay, so that's already a step forward in the long journey. Yes. So it's really just one. Mm. Okay. Yes. So, uh, and you can consider that he's winning by adding up the numbers from Batroun, mm -hmm. all of the numbers of Batroun, Kura, Zgharta, and Psharri, that this list is getting, will yeah. he will be the one taking them. And here we can highlight the issue of this electoral system, who yeah. usually when you use proportionality, you should have it on a wider uh, spectrum, like yeah. the national level. Right. If we had elections on a national level, and if we were able to have one list, we would have more, much more than uh, 10 deputies, perhaps. One list meaning the dream that was never fulfilled. Yes, yeah, and right. it's hard to fulfill anyway. Yeah. So uh, I mean, that's, that's the main thing. Could you remind me, 2018, how many seats did they win, the Free Patriotic? It, he, he, was in, uh, he, he was with Michel Mawad, so he, they took three. Of course, So yes. Michel Mawad won, Gibran Basile won, and I guess they took one the, in Kura. Right, uh, Hariri guy. <laughs> Is that right? Which they, Hariri guy? I, I mean, this is maybe not appropriate, but when they they were doing that political dance with each other, and I just remember hearing always the Sunni vote went to the third guy. 
Uh, I'm not sure of. Hala, I forgot the name. I forgot it too. But, but they got three seats. They got three seats, right? Michel Mawad and two uh, from the Free Patriotic, I guess. Okay. So and now he's gonna be just him. Just himself. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry to be so hard, but it's just really trying to see through the fog. And I, I appreciate you even letting me push you on these things. In terms of what Skarta means to you, and I like the way you said it, the north is not heaven, or sorry, I think you said... Uh, it's not a county, yani. we're, we're, yeah. we're part... No, we, we, yani. It's not we're Lebanese. I'm sure, yeah. yeah. But I don't think everyone in Skarta feels the same way. I think they do think that they are. <laughs> and I, you know what? It's my favorite part of the country. And I, I think it'll always be my favorite part of the country. More to do with the natural beauty than the craziness of the population. <laughs> You're not crazy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've met plenty. <laughs> You're the most, you're the friendliest one so far. The, the core issue for Zgharta and what your group, Osas, and what you can do for Zgharta, what is the biggest pressing concern that you hear? And is it a bridge between national tragedy and what Skarta is going through? Or is there something more particular to that part of Lebanon? Of course, the, the main problem in our region, like others, is the livelihood. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think people are keeping it a secret, but I think many families are struggling and a lot. Yeah. Uh, whether in terms of providing food. In fact, in our visits in houses, they speak about rent, they speak about paying a generator, about uh, food, about medicine. So it's they discuss these issues. And that's why they are very uh, provoked yeah. by the politicians. But to be fair, we visit uh, the houses of people who are undecided or people who are interested in our work. So it's normal to yeah. hear these, uh, this feedback. On the other hand, we know that uh, some groups are upset with us because we did not collaborate with them in the elections. And they're like... Is that kataib stuff? Or no, no. Uh, there's no money kataib in Zgharta. It's oh. more the harakat uh, istilal, ma'awad and... Uh, oh, oh, those... Uh, the, so if, yeah. if we want to go to the local politics mm-hmm. it's more of that yeah. uh, that that we mostly uh, listen to and for the uh, supporter of Marada it's more about you have nothing to say but to be against Hezbollah we, mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. do that if you read our posts if, we, if you check our website mm-hmm. uh, not website our social media pages you would see and, and that is upsetting because mm-hmm. sometimes we receive messages uh, that say uh, you're, you never speak about against Hezbollah just check our social medias. Oh, oh, sorry. From vote from locals. Locals. The, oh, really? From the two sides. Like we oh. li- we listen, or you have never taken a stance regarding banks. We have it, mm. but I can't each day post something about all of these issues. So mm. uh, it's just people, and that is what uh, is disappointing: is that they attack us just because what their uh, leadership is saying. They don't check the facts. So let's say there's a communication issue. Is that something that you faced? And I mean, I'm trying to understand what, what, what does... Is it simply just you're not 
allying with Ma'awad and you're not talking about Hezbollah enough? Is that no, really, no, it's no. just about the votes. It's just about the votes, right. We're getting uh, perhaps share that uh, some parties think that they would have uh, oh, got of course, of or course. the name of Shamarona yeah. was able to impose that yeah. we're kind of the change in the right. District 3. So this thing would upset other groups because they wanted yeah. to be uh, this brand of change in the region. No. Taking what you just said and assuming you are in parliament and all those people that you persuaded are stunned that it worked you got in and you're sitting next to <laughs> I don't want to it's embarrassing but Gibran <laughs> I think we can choose our seats can you choose your seats? we're not we're going to put you next to is Eli Fersley running? Not sure, but you can put us next to other deputies who won from Shamaruna. Fair perhaps. enough. Okay, I'll <laughs> <laughs> I'm going from the exit that says Charcutier on, and then I see Majd Harib. I drive a little further, Layel Boumoussa, and then I turn left, Uwait, 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 and I enter Jibran Bessir. <laughs> so, let's assume all these characters are sitting next to you, and you're in parliament and your expect, ex- expectations will be quite high. In terms of legislation, do you think that individual ambition and individual responsibility is possible? Or do you think that what's going to happen is just a natural procedure where you have to work with established parties and you have to find some consensus? Because I can't imagine things really changing that much, even if it's 10 or even if it's 15, a very optimistic figure, that at the end of the day, the parties that everyone is complaining about are going to be partners on this journey. And I know that's maybe a hypothetical question, but it's it's approaching. Mm. So h- how do you see your role in parliament, really, mm. in dealing with the regime and having a few friends that may be with you? Mm. What, what does that look like? When you have a, a draft law, or yeah. a project uh, that you're going to be working on, it's normal to be working with the other deputies, regardless who they are, as long as you agree on the draft law and mm. you're not making compromises that would go against your values. Mm. So mm. if Hezbollah wants to work on uh, adopting social safety nets and it is within our uh, program, we would definitely work with them. Mm, so see. we don't have this issue. Hala, to be very practical, we know that it's not just getting into the parliament and everything will be just working like uh, automatically and we will be able to issue laws and to uh, do this work. We know yeah. there will be uh, problems and challenges. But for us, the difference will be the transparency with our uh, with the population the uh, lobbying that we will be uh, doing mm-hmm. and i think no one can ignore the role that the lebanese civil society played in raising awareness all over the country oh, and i think we can be very helpful in raising the awareness level even higher and that's the battle we're winning we know we come from very we yani we're very late 
and changing the country so and reconstructuring it etc but what we know for sure is that you know, we need to take one step after the other and it's just another step we're taking so it's showing what good governance looks like yes and being transparent with our uh, population mm-hmm. because I'm a person who was raised, uh, I work in Beirut, but I am also from the north, etc. And I know that when we were raised, I didn't know what I know now. And I'm sure that the generation who are 16 and 15 years old know much more than what I used to know before. Are you so talking about governance here or is it just... About an... awareness, yeah, the role. Yeah, yani, yeah, yeah. There's a... When we sit, that's also another difference. That uh, There's a difference, a gap in generation. The youth always asks me about my program. Mm-hmm. They want to discuss technical issues with me. Yeah. While the, other, the older generation wants to discuss politics with me. That's interesting. So there is a change. Yeah. It's not true that there's no change, but it needs time. I think that's actually a very nice way of describing where the shift is, because I've seen this myself. The appetite for real legislation and learning is is there, mm-hmm. but it's like you said, it's it may not be entirely across the youth, but at least it exists in that camp, and I think the older generation is maybe accepting this to a degree too, but even in that atmosphere, I still think it's a long, long journey ahead, and I appreciate that you're even you're suggesting that too that. You said it, you're not an idealist, you're a realist. And uh, I think you need that when you're entering parliament. I'll wrap it up by asking you maybe a more theoretical question. You are very good at the local and you're a a law expert, you're a lawyer. Um, Just question, why why aren't you running for municipal elections? Why are you going, why are you jumping over to parliament? I believe that changes starts with the different local levels, not only the local level where where we are, Mm -hmm. but uh, my experience and even I had my internship in the Lebanese parliament. uh, Oh, really? Yes. You've been there already. uh, Yes. So you're part of the problem. I loved it and I want to go back. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. This section I did not know this. It was two months. Two months? (laughs) When when were you in parliament? No, it's just... Uh, uh, when were you uh, an intern? Sorry, which year is Third year of law. It's most of the... How, how long ago was that? It was in 2011. Great. So 2011, the way we used to talk about these things is very different. But you, you had two months as a student intern in parliament. Could you ever dream of yourself wanting to be there? Or is this just... I mean, are they separate stages of life? Because I like that you've actually interned yes at parliament it was different back then i mm. remember that i was uh, my internship was with one of the uh, uh, parliamentary committees uh-huh. and they did some uh, meetings when i was there and they invited experts regarding the maritime borders of that year etc yes. so it was interesting it's yeah. uh, it requires running a country whether as a uh, deputy or as a minister or mm. others requires a lot of vision and even intelligence because taking decisions, de- uh, working with experts, drafting laws, checking that it's not, it doesn't go against... Uh, yani it's, a, it's an interesting job that I like. Absolutely. But that, but, you know, you, sorry, sorry, keep going. No, I go ahead. Maritime issues, we both know, and you, you were there, so that's even... I don't get to meet interns from parliament, and this is quite nice for me. 
we both know that that is not parliamentarians' fault. That even though it may not be the focus right now of Shemalana discourse, we both know the geopolitics of this country killed that whole project. And Hezbollah is something beyond Shemalana. It's not something that an MP can can approach. But that that's kind of my point that you were interning for a committee that seems to want to do the right thing, and then you have an obstacle that ends that whole project. Do you see it different just in terms of intention that now you want to better show where the problem is, but that perhaps the problem will still be there? That it's more just focusing on the problem. But the problem was still within the parliament at that time mm. because the 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 delegation that represented Lebanon mm. uh, before 2011 has reached, yani they signed a wrong agreement. It, there was there were some mistakes regarding the point mm-hmm. uh, that was set. Yeah. And the parliament here has a role and a very clear role. There's something called an investigation team that can be uh, asked for by mm. the parliament and yeah. it can uh, be constituted by deputies to see where was uh, this uh, mistake mm. and who committed it. And mm. the issue is that in Lebanon, the parliament never do this role. And so what I'm trying to say, there's many authorities that the parliament could have done mm. and uh, they have not done it and they were able to hold accountable the people, the delegation and they did not do it. So it's not as if the parliament did its best but the, the, uh, the mistake came from outside. Right, but that sabotage is that something that an MP can actually push back against? Because those mistakes that were made are mistakes designed really to stall and then derail. I think it was it was not really a mistake. It was something Sabotage. that yeah, uh, it's, yeah. intentional. Right, right. So that's what I mean. And, um, an MP that sees it and wants to focus on it. It's not enough to have one, of course. Right. So hmm, I, I guess hmm, trying to see what exactly could happen for the better. Is it that you want to increase volume on where the problem is? Yes. Yeah. And that's why I mentioned transparency. Yeah. Because, yeah. and that is what all of the civil society is asking for. For example, why are the committees uh, meeting inside the pro- parliament still secret? It yeah. should be public. Yeah. So by being inside, even if the law says it's not public, we can we can have a role in exposing what is happening, mm-hmm. uh, and building on it, having expertise, being having this collaboration with the experts, with the civil society organization who have already drafted laws or, have, or, or who have done studies. Yani, there's so many solutions, so many uh, proposed draft laws. There's a lot of work that has been done, but they don't have enough partners inside the parliament. Yeah. I appreciate you letting me be hard on these subjects because I actually really want to, I, hmm. it's the voices that I admire that I want to know what they can do that's any different than before. And I, I, I like learning exactly where the limits are and really what the intention is. So you're, you're very patient with my questions. And um, I want to say that we have, um, I have a vision Yeah. and I, I don't accept and we will not accept 
what has happened with, for example, how the Beirut explosion was dealt with. But you're opening now the door to something that. La, what I'm trying to say that we don't we don't want to be passive anymore. We don't want to be victim of the system anymore, and we do believe that with time we will make a change. I want to then include this in the episode. Seven months have gone since Tari Bitar's investigation was stalled. Today, the finance ministry, the finance minister, stalled it further. Okay. Basic errors or whatever that means. There's, there's no reason to stall it further. The finance minister, supported by a traditional party, maybe the most complimenting way I can describe them. I, I don't know, I'm like trying to find just straightforward words without prejudice. So, somebody with leverage, he's not a, uh, it's not sort of just a weak position for a weak leader. This is Yusuf Khalil Nabih Birri. Fine. It's stalled further. Um, Tari Bitar, if I can, maybe I, I will take a guess. He's exactly what October 17 would want. An independent enough judge trying, but unable to do more. Yes. Uh, put 10 MPs in parliament. I don't think any of that would change. I think it's the same exact outcome for the Port Blast investigation. And I think the number, you could double it or triple it. You could put half of parliament. Actually, you know what? Take the whole thing. 128 MPs belong to the crowd you and I want in Parliament, I don't think Tari Bitar can do his job. And that's my point, really, that what all of these smaller groups desperately want to happen, I just don't think it's in their control, even if they're the majority. Now, you can tell me where I'm wrong in saying that, because I would appreciate it. If, if, if you see it differently, you should tell me. Yes, I would say it's different. Tell me but It doesn't mean that what I see, that now we will be able to protect Judge Bitar or someone else like mm. him in the next four years, but when you just to be uh, to take literally what you said, yeah. and here's the answer to when we mention 64 or 128 deputies inside, if we had it, it means the public opinion even in the south, in the Bika, in Tripoli, in Zgarta, in mm. all of La, in Beirut are are a share common uh, a common approach. Today, one of the issues is that. Whether we like it or not, Hezbollah, they have their public opinion with them. Mm-hmm. Yani, I think it's clear. Mm-hmm. It's not because they believe in what they're doing. I think perhaps they have no other option. It's their best uh, option mm-hmm. for now. That's how they see it. However, if we were able, through the coalition in the south that has already been built, perhaps today it's still weak, but it will be stronger next time. I don't see a solution but through uh, the people joining forces. And I think by uh, having a public opinion, sharing uh, these ideas, and even in the South, it would make Hezbollah weaker. I will play devil's advocate. Because you're very patient and you're opening doors. I think I shouldn't be anymore. <laughs> well, you should be. I'm just worried that in this episode, nobody will see you properly. I want to make sure that you're visible enough. Because otherwise, they'll just have to deal with me. All right. Um, and we look like we're both from the same... We are. <laughs> we're both from the north. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the hospital that I was... 
public opinion, I think 95% of Lebanon right now is unable or literally just doesn't want to be in this situation. And you know what? I think the majority of Lebanese are done with Hezbollah. And I think, this is maybe a wild speculation, most Lebanese that live in neighborhoods that are either semi or fully controlled by Hezbollah are done with Hezbollah. Public opinion has shifted dramatically against that group. Public opinion shifted a long time ago. I don't think it changes anything. I wouldn't agree. Tarbitar has the most has most of Lebanon behind him. Really? I think when he set up on his journey, I think most Lebanese wanted him to succeed. Even the skeptics. Even the group that is perhaps too soft on Hezbollah sometimes, or the regimes, the regime parties that cannot express their disapproval of Hezbollah for whatever reason. It could be free patriotic movement, could be Marada, could be all of them, all of them. I think even if they wanted Tarabito to do more, it's impossible. The way I see it, not I see it, but I had discussion with people uh, who are rather supporter of Hezbollah from the south or the people who are still with Marada and they are completely, uh, they don't buy that uh, Bitar is independent and objective. Mm. They, they really believe that he's subjective and he's turning it against, uh, against Hezbollah. The, the investigation. So that's the point. In Zata, you hear this. Yes, from mm. the supporter of uh, of Marada. Yes. And of course oh, okay. we hear it. Yeah. And why would he call for this person and not this person? Mm. While uh, mm. we had, we also organized a conference uh, inside Zgharta with Ghida Frangie from the Legal Agenda and Riyadh Abaisi to mm. highlight yeah. this issue. And it was very clear that uh, Tariq Bitar followed all of the uh, processes. Yeah. But still, you will have people ask questions. Why did he call for uh, this president, this prime minister, and not the other? So I wouldn't agree that most of the Lebanese po- uh, people uh, are with Bitar. Okay, that's a fair point. Let's say most Lebanese are extremely upset about what happened. And I think most Lebanese would want the criminals arrested, even if they're buying into conspiracies. That's fair. But as a lawyer... I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not a lawyer. I'm going to guess that it doesn't matter if 90% of the population or 10% of the population believe in fiction. What matters is fact. And I think it shouldn't matter if Marada supporters are concerned Bitar is not doing his job correctly or that they fully support him. It does differ because well, by defending... Yeah defending the position of their leader, it means that in the next elections, they why are they defang, uh, defending it? Because they are defending why they are still with him. And why they will, because if they tell you, no, no, he's not right, Bitar is doing a good job. Then if we tell them, then why are you still with this leader? They have no answer. So they prefer. Do you think public opinion would really help Bitar in his situation? It's not about Bitar public opinion. No, um, they wouldn't change it. For me, yeah. having, and that's why we see so much violence. There's no violence and no one is aggra- aggressive against us in the North. Mm, mm. Uh, I mean physically, yeah. not uh, verbally, because they are. known for its and not And not much, to be honest. No one attacked me. No one sent me a message. 
uh, that is a bad message. You should open my Instagram account. Really? (laughs) (laughs) No, really, to be honest. (laughs) While in the South, we saw what's happening. There's a lot of violence. It's fear. What's behind it is fear. So why are they afraid if they feel that their uh, public opinion wouldn't uh, affect them Mm. somehow? It's something that will take time. And it's not about doing the right thing inside the parliament. It's about as groups as movements, as coalitions all over Lebanon, uh, doing the right thing. And here's what's important. People sometimes say, you know, stop talking, show us some action. That's why we decided in the North that after the election, we will be adopting some projects and partnerships with municipalities. Mm-hmm. Because I'm telling you, it's not only about being a deputy. We're showing people how action brings change. And with time, I'm not saying that uh, people from other places, by observing us, they will like us. It's uh, No, it's it's different. I know no. it's very complicated. I know Lebanon is very complicated. We, as Lebanese, are doing our best the way we know it, yeah. as much as we know, uh, to, to bring hope to people. And there are many people on the streets who say, you, are, you, know, you gave us hope. You're saying exactly what a politician in the making should say. And I think everything you've said is an eloquent rebuttal of every question I asked or everything I suggested. Um, I think you're made for it. I kind of got to know you the last few weeks before we started uh, messaging. But just more, more or less social media and a few interviews you were giving, but it was mostly these Instagram videos that were shared. So I kind of... I was, it's the language that appeals to me. And I I really hope that in these next few weeks, things settle at least enough to where the start, the beginning of this long journey can actually take hold. And whether it's four years, eight years, or even if it's another generation, it's good to see that the change has begun. And I appreciate your optimism. It's not easy to do what you're doing, especially that you have to go back up to Pshadi tomorrow. So the fact that you came down to Beirut to talk to me is an honor. So I, I really appreciate this. And Shadon, it's, it's an honor to get to know you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for hosting me. Uh, tomorrow you're mentioning Pshari because tomorrow yeah. we're launching our officially our list, Shamaluna's list from Pshari. Uh, yeah. That's why there's a lot of work going on in, in Pshari. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to reach more people. And I hope uh, this discussion uh, will be uh, interesting for the people watching. And uh, thank you uh, for, for it. You'll be followed by Shabal Nahas and Ziad Abishakir. So that's like the three. <laughs> it's very entertaining episodes. Uh, it's an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you.